0: You're listening to Meeting Pod, the podcast powered by Meeting Place, the premier magazine and news source for the meat and poultry processing industry, and Alt Meat Magazine, the only business information resource for the exploding alternative meat industry. Support for this podcast comes from Botter. Hi, I'm Julie Larson Brischer, science and technology editor for Meeting Place Magazine. Welcome to episode 69 of Meeting Pod where we're talking food safety, animal welfare, and a new advisory committee at U.S. Poultry with Rafael Rivera, manager of food safety and production programs for the U.S. Poultry and Egg Association, the All-Feather Association progressively serving its poultry and egg members through research, education, communications, and technical services. At U.S. Poultry, Rafael is responsible for the development of educational programs and tools in food safety, product development, and live production for the poultry and egg industries. These products increase awareness for all industry stakeholders in areas including food safety, animal welfare, and biosecurity. He also leads the assessment and dissemination of technical and regulatory information to producers, processors, and state poultry associations, as well as the development and coordination of research projects originating from various land-grant universities. This research focuses on identifying and addressing mitigation of food safety hazards and diseases and the improvement of animal welfare and product quality. Prior to joining U.S. Poultry, Rafael worked at Purdue Farms on the Delmarva Peninsula for several years in a variety of roles, including flock supervisor, HACCP coordinator, quality assurance supervisor, and SAP material master data analyst. At U.S. Poultry's poultry processor workshop last fall, I had the opportunity to chat with Rafael about some exciting new developments he's instituting aimed at advancing food safety programs in the poultry industry. Welcome to Pod, Raphael. It's a pleasure to have you as a guest on the podcast today, and I'm looking forward to hearing more about those developments we were talking about.
1: Julie, it's an honor to be here and to take the time to speak on what U.S. Poultry has been up to.
0: Well, that's great, Raphael. First, I I really want to ask you a quick question about how did you get into the poultry industry as a career, and what do you like best about working at U.S. Poultry?
1: Well just to have a I guess long story short I I actually started studying animal science at the University of Puerto Rico at Mayagüez with, with the intention of becoming a veterinarian and I think this is a very similar story to a lot of people but after taking a couple of poultry science courses I realized that a career in the poultry industry was actually an option that that I think I was willing to try so I, I've just been involved in this industry ever since, and and I, I think it's been pretty good ride so far. So, but you know, he, here at U.S. Poultry, I, I think I think one of the good things has been that it's given me an opportunity to be to have a broader scope of the industry and see what they're challenges are. And and I think it's a great platform to be a leader in this industry in in areas such as scientific and technical services, which are areas that I'm pretty passionate about. So um, I'm just glad to be here.
0: Oh, that's great. Well, you know, you as a program director, you, you could tell me a little bit more about the mission of the food safety and production program. And Could you give a little bit more information on the training and education programs that would be of particular interest to poultry processors?
1: Sure. Well, U.S. poultry strives to surf its poultry and egg members by providing scientific, educational, and technical services. The food safety program is aims to align those services to improve food safety and live pro, uh, live poultry production programs. So it 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 has a really really broad scope within this organization. So we we do this by organizing the current scientific and technical knowledge into resources that can be utilized to improve food safety and life production programs for our membership. And also we strive to be a gateway to research and technical information, supporting these programs and developing the professionals within our industry. So as an example, I can give that we have developed resources aimed at educating our membership in topics like training sorters that are operating under the new poultry inspection system. We're updating our our membership on whole genome sequencing and, and how can the industry use that technology. We're developing instruction on how to clean, sanitize, and refrigerate shell eggs. And and we provide this either through developing pamphlets or DVDs or on-demand training. And and we also provide a lot of information through our yearly seminar program. So we, we have a var, variety of ways where uh, we're uh, constantly servicing the industry and in these particular topics.
0: Well, um, I know earlier this year, U.S. Poultry completed its research competition and several projects emphasize food safety research into salmonella and campylobacter. Can you describe a few of these funded projects and what kinds of benefits or solutions might result from the research that's underway?
1: Well, ac- actually, food safety uh generates a lot of attention in in our research program and its food safety projects are constantly funded through our program in in addition to poultry health. I would say that is between those two categories, that's where a lot of the funding has gone through uh, historically. Just to point out, we actually, earlier this year, we actually had uh, two completed projects around food safety. The first one was actually uh, done at Mississippi State University. The researchers uh, at Mississippi State actually completed a project where they identified potential Campylobacter Juni vaccine candidates. So they, they used in an innovative, innovative strategy to combine research or reverse vaccinology an in vitro infection model screening approach to successfully identify three novel vaccine candidates. So this data is very interesting because it, it, you know, it's being used or it can be used by the industry to develop these vaccines. And campylobacter as being one of the primary uh, foodborne pathogens associated to poultry, Trying to find a vaccine for this pathogen would be extremely important, and it will be a great breakthrough if we can if, if we can finally identify a way to uh, create a vaccine. the The other one that was completed this year was through the University of Georgia, and the colleagues there uh, completed a project uh, with the goals of improving salmonella surveillance and uh, by addressing the limitations in conventional Culture detection methods. So the goal here was to profile Salmonella types and and see how they can be identified throughout the uh, throughout processing plants using CRISPR technology and overall just finding ways that well, at least that we can have an alternative method for Salmonella culturing and, and something that where we can identify Salmonella in a quicker way so we can so the industry can make decisions on how. How to divert product or or produce product safely, and and make decisions in a timely manner. So that's that's absolutely critical to our industry. And we also have several active projects that should be finished at either some point this year or next year, where we're looking at uh, just a vertical transmission on Salmonella reading in turkeys. The effective uh, another project is the effectiveness of various compounds in sanitation of shell egg processing equipment, a high-resolution salmonella serotyping um, to improve surveillance in turkeys. We have more campylobacter uh, research uh, to trying to identify any genetic determinants that would help us have more knowledge on how campylobacter survives during poultry processing. And we're also studying any additional vaccination options against Salmonella, Redding, and Turkey. So I think it's a lot of our food safety research actually covers most of the uh, production chain. So we're just trying to look at at this issue at different angles uh, for the most part.
0: Do you think that any of the research that's currently underway might have um, some impact as far as scientific evidence um, supporting higher poultry line speeds?
1: For uh, poultry line speeds, there is research uh, where the, the, there is evidence that the line speed uh, doesn't really impact the performance and food safety programs and processing plants. Uh, I don't think this research in itself really ties into any uh, line speed evidence, but it does support or it, it tries to strengthen uh, or at least having evidence on how to identify what type of salmonella is in the environment, what is coming into the plants, and it it would also help to determine what type of interventions do we need to manage and, and, and reduce salmonella loads or campylobacter loads and in, in poultry product in the future. So yeah. at, least, at least that's the hope.
0: Our conversation today continues in just a moment after a word from our sponsor, Botter.
1: The new Botter Bresty Boner 661 is specifically designed for big birds, weighing seven and a half pounds or more, automatic cutting and scoring processes, Prepare fillets and tenders for easy and accurate manual harvesting. This machine only requires eight people to run 70 birds per minute, significantly reducing labor without losing product quality and yield. Realize the intelligent combination of man and machine. Contact your Botter representative for more information or visit Botter.com. Now back to the podcast
0: speaking of food safety, one of the big developments you've championed and now lead is the new Food Safety Advisory Committee, which was approved by U.S. Poultry late last year and held its first meeting, I know, at IPPE in January. Can you talk about why the committee was formed and the role of that committee, its mission, and you know what sectors of the industry does it repre- is represented on that committee?
1: sure yeah and, and i think with with the whole research discussion this food safety advisory committee is going to come in handy so the food safety advisory committee was formed with the idea for this to become a mechanism to organize that that scientific and technical knowledge and and develop ways to deliver it or or or, or develop ways to deliver it to our industry members so so members can can use that information so you know like like I discussed already u s poultry uses a significant portion of its proceeds to fund research, and many times a research project either gets completed and the researcher gets to publish it and hand the final report to us but we're we're trying to do a better job at applying that knowledge and disseminating that information even more than what it is right now, so you know, we, we are making sure that that our membership is able to know about that research that we fund and and how to utilize that information so i I think this committee is gonna be great opportunity to develop that information and and find out what is the best way to produce some type of service where we can we can deliver that information and and processors can actually use it or or incorporate it into their programs. The Food Safety Advisory Committee was formed with the idea for this to become a mechanism to organize current scientific and technical knowledge and develop ways to deliver it to our industry members. For example, our U.S. Poultry Research Program uses a significant portion of our proceeds to fund this, this research, like, like I mentioned earlier. So many times a research project gets completed. And the researcher gets to publish it and hand in a final report. But many times we don't see that this knowledge is being applied until probably many years later. So right now we're just working to make sure that our membership is able to know more about the research program, what we're funding, what are we focusing on, and how to best utilize this information. So I think this committee will help us spread that information efficiently because we are going to be discussing how how to take this and convert it in a way that our processors and and the industry overall can incorporate this data and and this knowledge into their programs and and start using it and hopefully be able to produce acceptable outcomes and 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 in in a way that we can deem that our services and resources are useful. A a good thing to note is that the Food Safety Advisory Committee uh, consists of representatives from our broiler, turkey, and egg industries. In addition to that, which that comprises the vast majority of our membership, we're also including our duck industry members, breeding companies, allied companies as well, the diversity on this committee is excellent because we have veterinarians to poultry processors to food safety professionals, microbiologists, and uh, just the level of expertise in this committee is is just outstanding. So I'm I'm very, very excited about this project.
0: Well, that's great. Well, <laughs> you know, how, now, uh, how is the Food Safety Advisory Committee at U.S. Poultry different from similar advisory groups, you know, at other
1: poultry organizations? U.S. Poultry has collaborated with our sister organizations like the National Chicken Council and the National Turkey Federation and and the United Egg Producers, and we have done so for many years. We also collaborate with uh, many of the state-level poultry organizations, and we've done done it on many initiatives in the past. So I I don't think this effort would be an exception to that. I I think the biggest difference is that these organizations are dedicated in promoting the industry, its products, and they ensure that the industry needs are taken into account during legislative and regulatory decision making. They, They also reiterate the commitment of our industry to public health and that our community continues to do our part in ensuring that our products are safe to consume. Our U.S. poultry committee in particular will not be involved in these regulatory or legislative affairs, but through our collaboration, we'll be able to incorporate our, in, into our services any legal or regulatory requirement that needs to be met. So our sister organizations will also highlight that work that we are doing at U.S. Poultry. Uh, they'll highlight it to their membership. They'll also highlight it in, in their conversations with government agencies with the aim to demonstrate that the industry is doing its part, advancing our overall public health responsibilities. So, But uh, U.S. Poultry will also continue to serve on their food safety, technical, and regulatory committees, but those organizations will also collaborate with our committee as well. So we're just pretty much connected everywhere and and we'll continue to do so. I I think it's always been a really good partnership that, that we have in this industry.
0: Well, it, it's it, it sounds really great, and I'm kind of excited to see what some of the outcomes and deliverables will be um, after you get, you your committee has a uh, m- many more meetings under its belt. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But, um, now, now I can just talk on like the potential of this committee, but you know I I, I can't wait to really start talking about the results that we're going to have, and and I think they're going to be very positive.
0: That's great. Well now I don't I'm gonna turn this um for my final question to you today in our conversation. I'm gonna turn it completely to something else. <laughs> but I know that another area of science that you have a passion for is poultry health and welfare. Rafael, would you tell us what kinds of biosecurity and animal welfare work is currently underway at US poultry and why is it important for the industry?
1: Yes. Well poultry health and welfare is also a a significant part of the food safety and production program. And we're very active right now, especially because, unfortunately, highly pathogenic avian influenza has come back and caused a great disruption in in our industry. So here at U.S. Poultry, we are advocates that, or, or we always advocate that the use of biosecurity programs is the best tool to prevent the introduction of not only HPAI, but other diseases into farms. We normally, or the programs that we have available, provide instruction on conducting risk assessments to prevent infectious diseases in farms. We provide that on a DVD format. And we we also provide a biosecurity program template that is designed under, or, or to meet a biosecurity program under the National Poultry Improvement Plan, and this helps poultry producers, well, at least be able to put their biosecurity program together, but the template can also help them keep track of their progress and also improve their plan over time. So it's just really a good way to to at least apply these NPIP guidelines, hopefully in a more effective manner. We're also collaborating with state and federal officials and other poultry organizations to guide those producers affected by HPAI to first reestablish and continue to provide food through and and protect our nation's food supply, but also to uh, work to eradicate the virus once again. On animal welfare, I always take the opportunity to highlight our poultry handling and transportation quality assurance program. that program trains live poultry handlers and transporters on humane practices that protect birds before, during, and after transportation to farms and to processing plants. Our members benefit from this program because it helps establish a training program for live poultry handling, and it offers supports to new and existing animal welfare programs. And we also discuss these advancements and, and more advancements in the health and welfare field. They're mostly during our live production, welfare and biosecurity seminar in the fall. So I hope to see many of the listeners there. So uh, looking forward to it. <laughs>
0: Well, that's great. I I might even come out for that, (laughs) Raphael. Well, I want to thank you today for sharing your expert insights with us on Meeting Pod. And listeners, you can learn more about U.S. poultry and its range of technical services, research, education, and other programs of interest to producers and processors of broilers, turkeys, ducks, eggs, breeding stock, and allied companies at www.uspoultry.org. U.S. Poultry also sponsors the International Poultry Expo, part of the International Production and Processing Expo held in Atlanta each January. I know our editorial and sales teams from Meeting Place, Carnitech, and Altmeat Magazines like to plan well ahead for this massively valuable event. So for info on next year's IPPE, visit www.ippexpo.org. And be sure to check out the Food Safety and Production Program page while you're there to get the latest on Food Safety Advisory Committee activities and other valuable resources that Rafael shared with us today. And I also invite you to head over to meetingplace.com and access our technical article archives to get more smart manufacturing advice first published in our poultry processor and other science and technology focused newsletters. Raphael will be penning an article for us under the US poultry exclusives, so keep an eye out for that. And thanks again, Raphael, for fitting our meeting pod chat into your schedule today. I really enjoyed it.
1: Thank you for the opportunity to speak today.
0: And thanks also to Botter for sponsoring today's podcast. Thanks for spending time with Meeting Pod today. Remember to tune in on Mondays and get the inside track on the people and processes that power the protein supply. Be sure to subscribe to Meeting Pod on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow Meeting Place and Altmate magazines on social media or visit our websites at meetingplace.com and alt-meet.net.